0: opulent inventory our proud partners here on the show from iphones to macbooks to apple tv to apple watches to trade-ins and much more now you can have the apple product of your dreams visit opulent inventory on opulentinventory.com and on instagram my guy nash and guardy are the very best in the game to provide you the apple product of your dreams now let's get back to the show Okay, you know it's simple, Mama. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones can't beat me, man. man. I'm in the zone, in the zone. Michael Buzz with them flows, they're like waves, and you know, and I get them out fast. I'm Usain on them tracks, like Jordan to Peyton. Don't talk all that trash. Nah. Ain't on my level, relax, bro. Just pull up them stats, let my game show the facts. Know that you can never pass all got, ragged, like Serena, no, it, so you cause another egg and lex arena, non-restin' It's my planet, it's my planet. All my space you won't be jamming, don't put me in the box, keep on winning, i no, stop. Think you got an easy lane? I'm the Kembe with the blood, that's all you got. Yeah. I'm on another level. Yeah, I'm on another level. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh on another level. Yeah, like Ace Berg, i new level. Okay. And we're right in the thick of things for all sports everything is swinging into form we've got the nfl we've got the nba we've got the fifa world cup Mike. we've got all of the sports and we're rounding into form heading into 2023 and you know my 2023 is pending so we gotta finish 2022 off with a bank or the days are numbered and we are here live again
1: on the show to finish up Hell yeah! It's a lot. It's a lot going on, man. With sports wise, you know, we talked about it. But also, Sebi, New York, Sebi high school basketball in New York City belongs in that conversation as well. There's mm. a certain buzz that it brings up here uh, when it comes to that time of the year for basketball. So, it's it's a uh, it's, it's a lot going on in this time of year. It's real fun.
0: They say that basketball is is coincides with New York. That's what they say, man. They say <laughs> that in the basketball mecca is in New York man talk to me about
1: that vibe oh it's crazy man already just just with the season already have begun it's been about 6 or 7 games so far that's tapped in as far as preseason is concerned uh you know you know getting, guys getting their legs together there's been a lot of these top guys up here some of the top players in the country Ian Jackson uh at Cardinal Hayes um you know just in some of the other top schools um, somebody, a lot of these guys have played a lot of ball over the summer, a lot of AAU and a lot of different tournaments all over the tri-state and all over the all over the country. So now they're they're in a situation where they get to go against each other at top level competition in a team setting and uh in a in a more complete setting. After a lot of these teams, a lot of these guys already committing to their schools where they're going to go. A lot, of, a lot of these guys that last year in high school. So um, it's going to be fun to see, man. A lot of these young guys are really coming up and really showing their talent as well. So. And man, it's just it's just so much talent up here, and the energy is electric every time there's a basketball scene or a basketball event taking place.
0: No doubt about that. No doubt about that. That's what um basketball is all about. It, it's kind of like food, Mike. It brings people together. That, that's mm-hmm. what's one that's one of the best things that I like about that for sure. We know we we're in the tri-state areas. You've been following a lot of teams in particular, the New York, New, uh, excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets. Excuse me. Uh, I was going to say formerly known as the New Jersey Nets. But yeah, talk to me about the Nets. I know you've been doing some uh, some following up and some coverage with them this year. Um, How has that been coming along and what have we seen so far in the past weeks?
1: Uh, you've seen patience We're, what you've seen is a process. you know a lot of people are very hesitant with this next team because they're tired of the inconsistencies, but they're not understanding that because they have a lot of shuffling with the lineup because they have a lot of guys coming into this uh team you know for the first time and haven't played in a while you know when you continue constantly have uh, shuffled lineups and trying to figure things out from a from a totality perspective, there are gonna be inconsistent moments, and it's all about gelling with this team getting getting everybody together. there's been uh you know uh injuries and you know, off-the-court drama and things like that that have hindered them from really being able to gain that continuity and that chemistry. However, as time's going on, you're going to start to see them prevail. I believe Seth Curry coming back from injury was one of the biggest additions because he alleviated a lot of the pressure offensively for Katie and Kyrie. And then you saw Jacques Vaughn when he came in there in relief for Steve Nash, you saw how he simplified the offense for them and how he got these guys moving the ball and things of that nature, constantly getting guys open. And one of their unsung heroes off the bench has been Yuta Watanabe. Yeah, His absolutely, Mike. Brothers, man, he's special. Except you know he leads the league in three-point shooting this year so far But yeah. from a field goal percentage standpoint. I mean, he's, he's, not, he's knocking down shots. He knows how to get this, but he's a willing defender. He's a very versatile defender from the three to the five. He can pretty much defend uh, at a high level. Now, he was a, he's, has been a special pickup for them, and he's had moments of shining in, in, uh, in certain key moments with them and picking up wins. So once they get all their guys together, and, and also uh, uh, and on a quick note, TJ Warren is coming back this Friday. He's someone who hasn't played in a couple years, consistent basketball too. So once they get these guys' legs under them and once they continue to develop these guys on a certain level, um, the Brooklyn Nets should be a tough out, assuming health.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. There's no question and there's no doubt about that. The Brooklyn Nets are gonna be a tough out for anybody for sure. Uh there as well. Um we'll start off in the association. Um, here lots to talk about. The NFL. We got some great, great, great guests coming up in the next coming weeks. Jermaine Carter, somebody remembers him like <laughs> one of our first episodes on season three they will be yep. back in the coming weeks before we close the year. We've also got some great entrepreneurs like Brittany Ann Cover as well. Um, some mm-hmm. great, great guests coming up. But first, we'll start off in this current episode and discuss about the NBA. Lots and lots, Mike, has been going on right now. I want to talk about some of the more surprise teams in the NBA. Two in particular, the Utah Jazz in the Western Conference. <clears throat> I and mean, I mean, no man i mean they wiped out the house they got, got a new coach Hardy who came from the boston tree uh they sent away all of their all-stars in rudy gobert and donovan mitchell um who made a splash in cleveland all these new guys you, you see, and what if it's gone to detroit and all of a sudden you see the utah jazz my a young feisty and hungry teams with a lot of players that you know former clubs that they've been on kind of giving up on them and they forgot how good they were in particular, Laurie Markin and guys like Colin Sexton, who's been playing well for them. Jordan Clarkson, who's a former Sixth Man of the Year, has been playing well. So Utah has, in particular, redefined that, you know what, we're not going to just lay, lay, lay down the the Wimbledon Yama sweepstakes and get some wins Wimbledon. in the Eastern Conference, right? Nobody's yes. it. Tyrese Halliburton, <laughs> Mike. Tyrese Halliburton mm-hmm. is amongst the leaders in assists in the NBA. Right? I mean, in the last three games, this guy has had 40 assists, Mike, and zero turnovers. It one would think that this guy is the second coming of what? Jason Kidd or Steve Nash are coming. <laughs> He's been special running the Rick Carlisle offense. Benedict, Ooh. from Arizona, <laughs> this guy off the bench, Mike, is a charging plug. Come. Off gets reminds me of a young Jamal Crawford, same size, same frame, six foot five. He comes off the bench. You got a hungry and feisty pacer in the Eastern Conference who's also supposed to be in the lottery, Mike. But a lot of the all these are getting <laughs> these wins at the beginning, kind of opening <laughs> eyes of the NBA. Those are two things in proceeding that we talked about
1: <laughs> two, pre-season, two preseason lottery predicted teams. Uh, some of our surprise teams to start off the season so far. Hats off to both of them. Uh, to address the Indiana Pacers, you're absolutely right. Hats off to the Pacers in general from a front office perspective based on who they've drafted the last couple of years and the production that they've gotten from their top guys. Last year with Chris Duarte, and we know how well he produced in his rookie season. This year you got Benedict Matherin stepping on the scene, making a name for himself. So hats off to the Pacers for getting those guys and being able to flex their muscles with Miles Turner. Uh, you know guys like that, Tyrese Halliburton. Of course, I've heard a lot of Chris Paul comparisons uh, back in those New Orleans days. As far as floor, floor, uh, floor generating and facilitating for the other guys, Lebby. Uh, based on how Tyrese has looked so far uh, with this Pacers team, he, he's 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 really running the offense very well, leading the league in assist. It's looking special. Uh, uh, Utah Jazz, you're right. They have a balanced squad. Uh, what they're doing, they They've been steady. You know, obviously we knew that they were going to come back to life at some point, but they've still been steady and very competitive within their games. Another team in the Western Conference I'm going to throw out there is obviously the Sacramento Kings. I yes, mean, they've sir. just been a fun yes. team to watch. Mm-hmm. Man, one of the more entertaining teams. Mike, they, uh, they are have... fun
0: to watch on offense, second in the league on offense, uh, you know, scoring. Um, D. Fox with Malik Monk, they're back in the Wildcat Kentucky days. And then I, it's funny, Mike. You see what happens when a team really got an actual coach. Mike Brown, yeah. all of these years, it, it goes back to that coach is not getting a lot of opportunities in this league. But Mike Brown, can you believe he hasn't coached for a while? He comes in and and just instills this belief in this young. Obviously, Dean Fox is the veteran, even though as young as he is and Keegan Murphy. It's a bonus. They've got guys like Harrison Barnes, who's a veteran presence in there. And then some of these guys in Monk and Herder off the bench. That is a quality team for the Mm -hmm. Sacramento Kings.
1: Very, very, very quality team. And you see that they're trying to capitalize on that opportunity to potentially keep De'Aaron Fox for the near future. Uh, He's someone who's continued to elevate his game, not only offensively, but defensively as well. And just like. Consistently from the mid-range and three-point shots from the free throw line, he's consistently he's turning into an all-around player, and it's very hard to pinpoint weaknesses in his game at this point based on his improvements over the last few years. Mm-hmm. So De'Aaron Fox has elevated himself to a point where a lot of uh, franchise cornerstone teams in the league might want to take a look at him and might want to bring them into their organization as, the, as that point guard piece uh, to get it done. He's elevated his game to that level. So uh, right now, the the Sacramento Kings are in urgent mode of trying to consistently put a, a a solid squad around him to lure him to potentially stay for the near future. Like you saw the moves, like you said, Mike Brown, he's taking the challenge. We've completely forgot about Luke Walton and, and and what and what he did with this organization based on what Mike Brown has done. Uh, just come in, just, you can see the energy of this team is different. And when you have consistent shooting, not just in your starting lineup but in the bench. Man, it, you, you see how far it can go. So hopefully they can keep this up. Hopefully they can rally and get some wins and uh and get into the playoffs this year because they're 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 one of the more fun young teams to watch.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And then again, obviously the Pelicans, you know, they're a team that has a yeah. lot of expectations this year, given the fact that, you know, they made an improbable run last year. Um, getting in contention to be in the playoff having to win two play-in games just to get into the playoffs, some huge upsets of the Clippers, taking the Suns to six games, a team that won 64 games last year, a lot of expectations. And thus far, Mike, I think they've excelled and exceeded those expectations. Uh, McCullum, you also got Zion and Ingram, Alvarado, That's that's a good bunch too.
1: No, very, very good bunch. They're going to be formidable. When the game slows down, they're going to be a very formidable team because they have bucket getters that can get shots in the half court offense, and they have enough size in the paint that can slow the game down and work in their favor. Um, I, I, I love the makeup of this team. I love the firepower that they have at each position, um, in the starting lineup and on the bench. So they have a nice rotation of guys coming in. So, and obviously coached by Willie Green, we know how special he is. And, and what a phenomenal job he's done! So this New Orleans Pelicans organization is 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 right right where I expected them to be, and we'll see how they what seeding they can potentially get uh, when when it all boils down, because that can, could determine uh, how far they go. If they can get if they can sneak into one of those top seeds and get a first round um, home home court advantage in the first round, that'll definitely give them a nice advantage to potentially move on uh, move forward.
0: Let's talk about the teams that obviously had expectation, the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Lakers. Obviously, the Lakers, we know the Lake show. they (laughs) have not really a championship team. But Anthony Davis, all of a sudden, in the last 10 games, boy, Mike, he's been dominant. I don't know where this Anthony Davis came from. This is the Anthony Davis that the Lakers was looking for. That's why they traded almost half or all of their (laughs) assets in their future to get him from New Orleans. This is what they've been looking for. Obviously, he's not that freakish athlete that he was in New Orleans, but – a guy that's giving you about 25 a game to 13 rebounds a game and consistently gives you about 2.8 blocks a game. That's the Anthony Davis that they've signed up for. LeBron has had injuries. Uh, Russell is is starting to acclimate him some off, off the bench. Um, uh, the late show is going to be a long season.
1: So far that if they can put all the pieces,
0: uh, they can potentially
1: contend. Yeah, they absolutely can. All they have to do is get in the playoffs because they're a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams, and especially those teams with better records than them if they were able to get in. Um, it's all it's all about matchups. It's all about making sure who's healthy at the right time. And uh, like you said, A.D. has been playing a lot better now because he's been able to get the ball within the offense. You know, when LeBron was out, a lot of the offense ran through A.D., and then that's what needs to happen. Him being assertive, him taking the reins, <clears throat> and uh, that's why you heard those ruffles behind the scenes about you know I'm sure conversations being had within the three stars, along with Coach Ham and organization and stuff like that. Because AD seems like he finally asserted himself to the point where he said, "Give me the rock, let it let everything run through me, and let's take this over." And that's what you're seeing on the court. You're seeing an assertive A- Anthony Davis um, within his style of play. So uh, I'm happy to see it. I understand that the Laker fans and nation are absolutely happy to see it. Um, for some of them, it's too late; they've already given up on Anthony Davis. However, I think I think the recent play uh, that he that he has been, the recent streak that he's been on, that can definitely propel them and, uh, and, and enhance and bring out the best of you know all the the other guys because there's still talent on this team. I'm not saying there's championship talent, but they can they make the playoffs absolutely.
0: Yep, no doubt. Absolutely, man. No doubt about that. They can definitely make the playoffs. The Clippers and the Warriors, the teams that actually had expectations coming into the season to uh, be contenders and probably amongst the top seeds in the Western Conference. Slow starts. Obviously, we know the whole Kawhi thing. It nags me, Mike. This whole Kawhi Leonard thing. This guy, you know, he hasn't played real (laughs) full basketball for about three to four years it's it's annoying. It's always something. It's a back, it's hip, it's it's a leg, it's a it's a knee contusion. The other day it was a neck. <laughs> it's always something with Kawhi. Um it's kind of to getting confused. It has you thinking Mike, did did the Clippers, you know, regret making that trade and learning or well, they didn't trade for him, but learning a free agent, Kawhi Leonard, to pair up with Paul George to come to the Clippers. And then on the other end, the Warriors, maybe they're having a hangover, right? They didn't, they got some guys that went away in free agency. In particular, uh, Otto Porter Jr. and Gary Payton. Those guys were instrumental in their finals run last year. But now they're leaning on some of these young guys. Kaminga, they've got, you, you you know, guys like um, Jordan Poole has to step up in major roles now. Mm-hmm. Um, the the other guys like Andrew Wiggins has to potentially be the second man. Clay and Draymond aren't the same guys anymore. And then of course James Wiseman hasn't really panned out what they thought they'd be. You know they sent him to the G League. I think the Warriors' problems, Mike, is defense. They were they were the best defense last year. Number one, uh, in field goal percentage. Number two, overall, they haven't been that stymie uh, this year. Obviously they've been good as of late, but in particular the Clippers and Warriors.
1: What have you seen with them? Definitely with the Clippers, I'm just seeing a fluctuation of lineups. And uh, what I'm seeing is an inconsistent, an inconsistent play because of that. I mean, you, you know, I pay attention. I, re, I like to read between the lines in a situation like the, with the Clippers. I know how deep they are. I know how good they can be when they're fully healthy. So I pay attention to what I've seen from them when they do have all their guys in the lineup. And even with Kawhi Leonard on minutes restriction and Paul George not playing that much, when they, when they were healthy, they were blowing teams out the league. It wasn't. It almost wasn't even close. I mean, they're just such a deep basketball team. The question is, will they be able to, to maintain that health when it's all said and done? Now, the, my take on Kawhi, Kawhi, Leonard, Kawhi Leonard's body is not built for this regular season. His, his body and his game is built for the playoffs. That's where it shines the most. And I believe the Clippers know that, and I believe Kawhi Leonard knows that. And until the NBA changes that rule in that new CBA where load management is not really a thing and, you know, um, with, with injury, I'm not saying Kawhi injuries aren't legit, but I do believe there's a situation where their priority is more so getting ready for the playoffs and get ready for the big game than anything regular season award wise. Kawhi Leonard doesn't strike me as someone who cares too much about the regular season. He understands that this is a young man's game, and he knows that at the end of the day, everything will be judged by what I do in the playoffs, regardless. So, and his game translates more in the playoffs when things slow down. So I do believe that that's more of a priority for the Clippers. They and they know that they have a deep enough squad to where when their guys do come back, they don't have to wear Kawhi down with a whole bunch of minutes, and and, and they and they still can do their thing. So the Clippers will be a tough out once the playoff times come, or once we get closer and closer to the playoffs because of how deep they are, and um, and just how about the emergence of Ivica Zubac lately? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just been playing like a man's possessed. Yeah. And we used to say they had problems inside. You know, with the, with their bigs and things like that. But what box has done, especially recently over the last week or so, uh, it's, it's it's been fun to watch, man. I mean, it just it really makes you wonder where all the weaknesses on this team. Yeah,
0: definitely there for sure. When healthy. Um, they have one of the deepest, if not the deepest, roster in the NBA. Uh, the Warriors, what's your stance on them?
1: The the, warrior, the Warriors are a different story because the Warriors are obviously the hunted. They're the team in the NBA that the NBA has caught up on. They're the, they're the team that over the last seven years, ever since they went 7-3-9, and nine, every team in the NBA has tried to figure them out and tried to um, you know use a formula to catch up to their system. And what you're seeing now is a bunch of teams that aren't completely like the Warriors, but are familiar with them enough to understand that hey, we 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 know how to pick them apart defensively a bit, and offensively we know uh, know what they're sets and they force some some of their top guys to have struggle to to struggle a bit uh, shooting at times outside of Steph Curry, who's having arguably one of his best seasons. Yeah, of Yeah, I agree, so far. Mike. He's been he's been special. Yo, we and, thought and then, he could be even better, like, and we man, didn't know he could be even better, like. <laughs> he's he's been fun to watch, but the but their problem is their depth in the bench. Like you said, Otto Porter and Gary Payton Jr. were big time uh, losses for them. I do believe the Draymond uh, Green thing was 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 messing with them mentally to start the season, and I I believe it showed on the defensive side where Draymond Green is impacted showed the most. So, but over time, you're going to see them continue to rise. They've heard the noise, and this is a team still. With their with, the, with their core guys, and when if you put if you write them off and you put them in an underdog role, I love those guys in that situation because now they have now that you have to bring bring the best out of them. So the Warriors are, to me are still going to be a tough out. When it's all said and done, this will be one of their toughest challenges to to date. However, I do believe they'll still be a tough out because they have thirty and 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 that core the core of guys that they have, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Pool, and those and Wiggins. These guys can get it done and make things happen. So absolutely, no doubt, no doubt, no
0: doubt about that. They can always make it happen, man. That that is the scary thing about the Warriors. Doesn't matter what seed they are, they are able to make a run, um, as we've seen the last seven or eight years uh, there as well. Let's go to the Eastern Conference. Noted, Mike. That um, it, it's a two-man race in the NBA. It's Milwaukee and it's Boston and it's everybody else. It's the field. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's how it's been so far. Um, talk to me about those two top teams who arguably might be, be the top two best teams in the NBA, not even in the conference, might be the top two teams in the NBA. What have you seen so far with these two ball clubs? And, and, and what do you expect to see moving on forward? Um, the, both teams are looking to get a lot of healthy players back. Robert Williams is dated to come back. His expiration date is coming up soon. We got Chris Middleton coming up. Uh, so both of these teams can get even better but uh your expectations how dominant these two teams have been so far
1: impressive as I, as impressive as, as it can be for both teams one for i'll start with the Boston Celtics one because they don't have Ime Udoka anymore and you can still see the impact that that he had on this team trans carrying over i wouldn't be surprised if Ime Udoka is definitely chopping it up with these guys behind the scenes and giving them some pointers and giving them some game because some of the some of the methods that they're using some of the iq points that i see with this team over time as far as how they win games it's just special to watch man hats off to udoka when when the impact that he put on this team hats off to missoula what he's doing with these guys now and jason tatum has has continued to impact this game the combination of him and brown i mean it's just so funny what difference a year and some change makes a year and a half ago we were talking about getting rid of these two and the duo getting out of here that was the, the, the 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 number one topic out of all these guys and i kept saying the whole time no there's something special with these guys. Get get a coach in there that can make that can make them stick, and that's what Udoka did. And then now and now that that conversation is long gone. You have a situation where you could potentially see Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum potentially being a, being one of the top duos for the next five six years together. I mean, I yeah. just I just see that as a legitimate situation. They're both young. They're both a year apart from each other, and they're playing at a high level. When they got this team with Malcolm Brogdon at the helm of point guard playing at an extremely high level and taking that taking that pressure off of them. So hats off to the Celtics. They're looking good without Udoka, and uh, Missoula is definitely taking taking care of business. With the Milwaukee Bucks, is also impressive because they're doing a lot of their dirty work without their, one of their best scorers on the team and Chris Middleton. And Drew Holiday has been in and out of the lineup as well for some time, but it shows you how deep they are with Brook Lopez having a great start to the season. Serge is still there. Uh, Drew Holiday, when he has played, he's played very good basketball. Uh, you know, young guys like Niwara and, and stuff like that. George Hill knocking down big shots. Javon Carter, he's been special this year. When Even when Giannis was out, and uh, I remember that OKC game, he, he stepped up big. Bobby Portis, this is a deep ball club, and they've actually played very well. Without, even without one of their best scorers, they've still been able to maintain one of the top records in the league. And Giannis, we, all, we already know about him. He's just a freak of nature, and he's going to continue to play at a high level no matter what.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. You want to see, know how good these teams are? We could tell you, Giannis Antetokounmpo in the running for Defensive Player of the Year and MVP. Boston second in the league in three-point rates. Boston, the highest-scoring duo in the NBA. Brown and Tatum has been on nightmares for opposing teams, and of course, they've got the number one-ranked offense in the league. That is the margin is as much as <laughs> the Kings right now and the Los Angeles Lakers. That's how dominant they've been on offense. Those teams are looking to be good. And then we talked about the rest, Mike. What about the rest of the Eastern Conference? Miami's dealing with injuries. We've yeah. got the Sixers dealing with injuries. We've got Atlanta. They were supposed to be good this year, but they've been inconsistent. Um, The Cavaliers, they've been a welcome sight because we know how great they are and wait till they get carries to healthy healthy um, there as well. But, what about the other landscape of the Eastern Conference? What are you looking at?
1: The Miami are a product of injuries right now, but they're also a product of not improving their team when the East got significantly better from where it did last year. You know, they did go to the conference finals last season. However, to me, other Eastern Conference teams got better and it and it potentially propelled them with the lack of improvements that they made this offseason. So, to me, the Miami uh, Heat are are, are going to take a step back from last year and this early almost 20, 20 games to start the season is a perfect example of that in my opinion. The Cleveland Cavaliers t- to me are answering all the questions that I had and then some. I question w- whether or not it would be too early to say they can potentially be a championship contender. I don't believe it's too early. I believe they have almost every ingredient you need to be a championship contender this year. They have the young core, they have the the, the size inside, and they have the veteran pieces like a Kevin Love and potentially a Ricky Rubio when he comes back on, on, on this team to, to where they can, they can hone in and get these guys and potentially knock down big shots when we need to and, and, and slow things down when, uh, when the young guys get rattled. So this team has a lot of pieces and has everything that they need, to me, to potentially sneak into the NBA Finals, uh, at, 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 at worst potentially the Eastern Conference Finals, with how they're playing, assuming health. I just love the depth of this Cleveland Cavaliers team. And I believe that um, uh, with the landscape of the league, ba- based on uh, seedings and who they get between Milwaukee, Boston, and things like that, I believe Cleveland could potentially be that next third team as far as, far as like the best teams in the East. No doubt. No doubt no doubt about that there for sure. Uh,
0: there as well. Um, lastly, before we leave here, we got to talk about Luka, man. Luka Doncic. Oh, yeah. Like the league in form, Mike. I mean, this guy is just unbelievable. Number one in points. Uh, top five in assists. I mean, this guy. I think he's gotten even
1: better.
0: <laughs> he's gotten even better. I didn't think that that could be remotely be possible, but I think this guy's gotten better. You see more of an emphasis to at least compete on the defensive end. Uh, there's been, been a lot of noise in the last couple of years about his free throw shooting. They're saying you're too good of a talent to be shooting around 74%. He's hovering around the high 80s this year. Luca's gotten better, and I think that that that's. <laughs> Like that's scary for the next decade for the league.
1: Guys. Yeah, it definitely is, and um, it it it'll only be as scary as the Dallas Mavericks organization allows it to be. What yeah. I mean by that is, it's only as soon as the sooner that they get them another competent wing or another competent scorer, or shot creator, mm-hmm. that 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 can that that can that can also get a bucket at a high level. That's when the Dallas Mavericks will really scare the league and put 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 everybody on notice. Because Luka Doncic by himself is showing you how impactful he can be at this point in his career. And he's, he's going to get better, but he's only going to get but so much, so much better. What you see right now is is almost what you get from Luka. But at, 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 by himself, as currently constructed, cannot win a championship uh, yeah. at, at this point <laughs> with this currently constructed roster and things like that. Mm. He needs another elite a level shot creator, and shot maker. Um, on, his, on his roster to take a little bit of the load off of him and, and give him more of an emphasis to close uh, in, in the fourth quarter and things like that and give them a better chance to win at a high level against the top teams. He doesn't need a super team. He just needs another piece that can help him help alleviate some pressure off of him. But what you're saying from the Dallas Mavericks is more Luka Magic. I mean, he's going to continue to look like this throughout the regular season. I mean, that's how good he is. This is child's play to him. He's been a pro for a long time at this point he's accustomed to how the NBA works and the 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 talent and the mastery of the game at this level. So I could say I I expect to see more Luka Magic as this season progresses because this is his this is his world and we're just living in it at this point where from a basketball perspective. He's he's the guy.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that there as well. Um absolutely this guy is unbelievable. It's just <laughs> special, special, special is unbelievable. But that goes ahead and wraps up our NVA <clears throat> roundtable uh, here as well. But when we come back, Mike, we got a special. We're going to go sh- and shift gears here and talk about the NFL and everything that's been going off with that. So on behalf of myself and also Michael Gray, do not go anywhere, folks. We'll be back here and talk some NFL Next, week 13 is upon us. for our second segment here today we talk about the nfl mail there's a lot that's going on in heading into week 13 we had a great thanksgiving we saw some great games sorry not for you mike you saw your g men struggle a lot in thanksgiving day uh before we head into week 13 let's talk about what we saw in week 12 in particular um and thanksgiving day we saw the patriots a valiant effort in minnesota It's very well, but of course, too much Cousins, too much Justin Jefferson. Those guys are explosive. Vikings go to nine and two. We saw the Buffalo Bills equal one in Detroit, 28-25. Buffalo hasn't really been as explosive and dominant as it's been early on. Maybe the league is starting to catch up what they're doing, but Diggs and Allen is just tough sometimes down the stretch. And they had an opportunity to win. And then, of course, the big one uh, the Dallas Cowboys took care of bigness in big D- <laughs> sweeping the season meeting against Michaels G, man. Michaels New York football giants. Uh, I know that was kind of tough, man, but that was just a little recap of what we saw in
1: Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, that game was tough. To me, the Patriots and Vikings game was the best game on Thanksgiving. I would, I, really, I agree. I, I agree. really enjoyed that game. If, if, I'm sure a lot of people actually didn't get a chance to watch it. Probably, you know, traveling or chilling with family, things of that nature. But I believe that was the best game of the day. And um, it was it – was, I, I do believe for those that missed out, they missed out on the good one. Uh, the Bills, Lions, to me, was a very competitive game, as I anticipated it being, based on how the Detroit Lions have, have looked at the three weeks prior coming into that game, on a three-game winning streak. We're very close to being on a four-game winning streak and pulling it off. Uh, it's just a very competitive ball club, very competitive team. Um, Jared Goff is playing good ball, they're running the ball well. Um, Amon St. Brown is playing high, at a high level, Aiden Hutchinson is playing at a high level as well. So, that Detroit team has some guys, Dan Campbell has those guys playing over there. So, I wasn't surprised it was a close game, but yeah, that that, that those those that Patriots Vikings game for sure was one game that stood out to me the most. And I and I gotta I gotta say it, Seve. I'll just go ahead and say it. And a lot of people are probably not gonna give this team the credit. But I, I I think it's it's about that time where we somebody has to say something about them, it. and it's the Washington Commanders. I agree. So somebody somebody got to say something about them, man. I mean, these yeah. last five they could they could easily be on a five game winning streak. Yeah. If it well, wasn't for a up their Atlantic last seven, like yep, against Minnesota, they can easily be on a five game winning streak right now. The way they're playing, they 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 knocked off the Eagles, knocked off their perfect record. They went uh, on the road and beat uh, beat Houston, took care of business against them. They come back home and they defeat the Atlanta Falcons. At home in a nail biter, uh, the the way this team is playing, man, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, when they were when they were two and five throughout the first seven games of the week, it was so easy for this team to pack it in. When Carson Wentz was playing bad, it was so easy for this team to pack it in, but they didn't. They believed in Taylor Heineke, whom I believe they should have believed in from the jump, leading right. into this situation, and he should have never lost his job. You should Taylor Heineke has over these last five weeks he has shown not only the Washington Commanders, but he's shown the NFL that he's the quarterback that they need to keep until they get their franchise guy. There's no reason to go away from Heineke until you get your guy. Because no, you're just shuffling anything else. Heineke is someone who pushes the ball down the field, and he's got these guys believing. And defensively, what this team is doing, we know how potent their D-line is. Everybody's healthy now. But then you got their, their DBs are playing at a high level as well. Uh, this kid number 22, Ford, Deshaun Forrest. He's playing great ball. Kyle, uh, uh, Kendall Fuller, he's playing great ball. These guys, these, guys are, these guys are playing, man. They're really playing. And uh, I, the Washington Redskins, Ron Rivera, he's never lost this uh, locker room after everything. Brian Robinson is, is running the football at a high level. Uh, this rookie is really making noise. The Washington Commanders, I said it a few weeks ago, the Washington Commanders are a team that can easily make this the most competitive division of, fo- uh, of football. Based on how, how all four teams are playing and their improvement over the last five weeks confirms and, and makes me confident to say this is the most competitive division of football.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, there for sure it is extremely competitive there. There, so we got to give love to to uh, to them as well. A lot, a lot of great things that we saw um <clears throat> um in week twelve leading up to that. We're gonna do some quick rapid uh, fire here. Uh, heading into week 13. Big headlines, Deshaun Watson coming back for the Browns, Mike. He's going to be the starter. No more Jacoby Brissett, um, even though they got a big win against Tampa Bay last week. What should we expect? The Browns are 4-7, and seven, still about six weeks left in the NFL. Deshaun Watson came back. Is he able to put them on his back and take them on a run?
1: I do, I do believe he's going to get his footing under him, but it's going to take some time. It's gonna take a few games. He's already missed a year and a half, and for him to for people to expect him to come back and right away look like the Deshaun uh, Watson of old is it, foolish and it's, it's it's not fair to him. So I want people to pump the brakes and understand that there are gonna be some adverse situations with Deshaun Watson coming back to this lineup. There are gonna be some times where he looks rusty, where he looks off a bit, and um and, and he might not capitalize on opportunities where we've seen in the past. However, Stay patient with this brother, all right? He just missed a year and a half of football, and, entirely, and and mentally just went through a lot in that year and a half. Imagine just put yourself in Deshaun Watson's shoes over the last year and a half, and imagine what his mental has been like. So the, there's gonna there, there's gonna be some time to get back for him. But I do believe when he gets back and he starts cooking, oh, it's gonna it's gonna, it's gonna be it's gonna be just like no other. He can't fight the rust. He just has to go out there and play. That's something that's gonna happen naturally. You can't fight that off. You can't avoid it. It's going to happen. However, how you respond to it and the improvements that you make uh, um, in your step, once you once you finally get your rhythm, that's going to be the telltale end of Deshaun Watson. Whether or not we'll see that this season, whether or not he'll get he gets his footing under him this season, I'm not going to put that much pressure on him based on the start that, they, that the Browns have had and, and, and things of that nature. Next year, when he has a full training camp with this team and is able to get fully acclimated with the squad and full full reps and chemistry with his wide receivers and his guys, that's when, to me, I'll see the full maturation of Deshaun Watson. I believe these first six, seven games, these these next five games of the season or so, to me, are going to be the telltale and, and the culmination and the preparation for him uh, moving forward and, and to seeing the, see, seeing him what he can do in the Browns uniform.
0: Yep, definitely. No doubt about that for sure. Big, big, big weekend, Mike, in week 13 with huge implications that's going to be happening. We got three big time matchups Thursday, Buffalo, and New England. Oh, yeah. Right? Huge, huge, huge matchup to kick off week 13 in New England. Josh Allen, they haven't looked pretty, but they're going to be in Foxborough. That's the big one. Then you've got three other ones on Sunday, starting off with the Titans and the Eagles. You know, the Eagles starting to, you know, I think the league is starting to catch up to them a little bit, right? Um, There are a lot of close games as of late. You know what I'm saying? Tennessee, a a team that they like to punch you in the mouth, Mike. There's no gimmicks with them. Uh, They don't like no finesse team. It's downhill running with Derrick Henry. It's pound you with that offensive line. It's knock you off your socks off with that defensive line that they had, that they have. Uh, that's That might be a tricky one for the Eagles. That's going to be good to watch. And then, of course, we've got the Dolphins and the 49ers, two red-hot teams, right? Red-hot teams. In fact, the um, Dolphins head coach came from Kyle Shanahan's staff last year, getting the head coaching staff in the Dolphins. So maybe uh, that's you right. You're right. right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, Let's that's going to that. be a fun yeah. one to watch as well. It's yeah, Two great offensive teams. McCaffrey Tua you got Tyreek Hill Debo that's going to be fun to watch there and then of course you top it off with Chiefs and Bengals Mike to me nobody's harder than the Bengals I think to me anybody in the AFC got to be scared because we know what Joe Burrow can do history has says that in LSU we, we it's been written two years it's only his second season he's taken a team that hasn't been to the Super Bowl, and since 1988, in his second season as a quarterback, he's taken them. Last year, they started the season, Mike, 0 and two. Since then, they've been seven and two, and that's been without Jamar Chase. That's been banged up. T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, is to me in that conversation, along with Allen, along with Patrick Mahomes, along with those guys. They get all the praise. Joe Burrow needs to be in that conversation. He's as good as that. You get Mahomes and Burrow and uh, that's going to be a fun one to watch. And, Mike, another storyline, Joe Burrow's undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. 2-0, 1-0 on the regular season. Right, yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right. so yeah. that's going to be a fun one to watch, those uh, four games in particular. That's kicks
1: off week 13. Yeah, he's got the double A sword. He's got the regular season victory and the big-time playoff victory to go to the Super Bowl on, on Mahomes. So, yeah, I, I'm sure that's in the back of his mind, and I'm sure Mahomes, that's in the back of his as well. And he's he's going to look to come out and have a fiery performance, and uh, and uh, and get that W against Burrow, because that's going to be another one, another one of the top quarterback matchups that we're going to have over the next ten years or so. Whenever these guys go against each other, so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the next chapter in that situation. Uh, There's going to be a big game. Uh, I love what I'm seeing from the Bengals. I actually um, I actually was very impressed with what I saw from them defensively against Tennessee last week. Uh, they definitely stepped up. And the fact that they're getting, they going to start getting their horses back. You're starting to see them in the form. It's going to be a fun game to watch.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that for sure. San Francisco and Miami, that's going to be a fun one. In Santa Clara, that's that's going to be a very fun ones to watch there as well. Uh, uh, McDaniel's versus Kyle Shanahan, that's going to be Ooh, a fun that might one. Might be the best offense, game but we can't if vote. you like offense, Mike. You're going to see some plays. Yeah, you, you are. are. Design, creative creative planes. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch there as well. And then Philly and, and uh, uh, Titans, two old school teams, rugged, dogfight, elite offensive lines, elite defensive lines. I think that's going to be a slugfest, Mike. I, I'm anxious to see. Lately, the, the the Eagles, they pride themselves in stopping a run. And lately, they've been getting gashed on yes. the ground lately, right? Yes, and yes. we saw on Monday night that the commanders had over 180-some yards on the ground, you even had the Packers have success against them with AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Lately, they've been struggling against the run. <laughs> that's that's a bad task. You going up against Derrick Henry? That's going to be interesting too to watch um, come Sunday.
1: Yeah, it's, it's very interesting for multiple reasons, Sebby. One of them is because they just uh, the the, uh, the last after that um, Redskins game, you saw them go out and, and, and acquire and Sue along with uh, what was it, Lin- Linval Joseph. Joseph. Linval Joseph, right? Yep. Yeah, so so they got two big-time defensive tackles to beef up that interior. And to me, I think they did a solid job against Jonathan Taylor, against the Colts. However, last week against the Packers, I, w- I was not impressed. I was not impressed by what I saw. So they have the capabilities, you know, uh, of being a very consistent, a very tough run defense. It's just that so far we haven't really seen it p- being put all together. So coming into this game against Derrick Henry and, ba- and especially – uh, the way he's been running the ball over the last few weeks, I'm very interested to see how they step up to the challenge.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. <laughs> you gotta be playing your best, bud, because that number 22, that that's got a Trojan horse sticking in the back of his dreads. Oh yeah, he he he's him, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> so yep. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what that Philadelphia team does to prepare. Uh, for them as well, moving forward, there for sure. Some teams that's been underwhelming to you, Mike. Uh, uh thoughts on that? I want to see is there anybody that stuck out to you? Tampa Bay, they've been inconsistent, bad loss, and with the Browns, whereas the Raiders, back to back wins, right? Huge one last week in overtime against Denver, back again, overtime this time in Seattle. You had uh, Josh Jacobs, first player to rush for 300 yards in a game. He capped that off with an 86-yard run in overtime to beat that. Uh, your thoughts on what we saw in Week 12, that was interesting to you.
1: Uh, the Baltimore Ravens not being able to close out that game against the Jacksonville Jaguars was a bit interesting mm. to me. Yep. Um, it's another its another game on the resume this season for the Ravens where they weren't able to close the deal in the fourth quarter. And defensively, they were the worst that they've <laughs> been in the fourth quarter. I mean, giving up 18 points, once again, giving up another game, winning drive along with the two-point conversion. It's just it was it was it wasn't a good scene for uh, the Baltimore Ravens, especially on defense. Um, That's I was very disappointed in seeing that Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not too surprised that they're having this slow start to the season. One, because of the everything that Tom Brady's going through outside of football. You could tell mentally that that could potentially be getting to him. Uh, he's not been he hasn't been as accurate with his throws, and the offensive line has not been as solid in protection. And he's taking more hits this season than you're accustomed to seeing Tom Brady take on the regular. And on top of on top of the fact that I don't believe that that um, Todd Bowles gets the best out of this unit the way Bruce Arians did. So you have that 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 going on with Tampa Bay as well. But but yeah, they definitely the Baltimore Ravens to me, and also also the Denver Broncos, man. I expected. I didn't expect them to be world beaters. I thought they were in a very tough division. However, I thought that they would be better than this, and I thought Russell Wilson would be playing better than this. Um, but it's, it's it's been unfortunate to watch them. And then I was very surprised that they traded away that their their best uh, defensive lineman to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it, it was very a very surprising move to me, based on how he was playing and based on how this defense was playing. So the the those two teams, the Ravens and the Broncos. Uh, for multiple reasons, are, are two of my underwhelming teams.
0: Yeah, definitely, especially the Ravens, man. My, the Ravens have four losses, right? Do you know in all those four losses they've led in the fourth quarter or even midway through the fourth quarter? If they yep. just close those games out, they might be unbeaten. Yep. <laughs> that's that's – yep. you know, that's that. – They're not a bad
1: team, Sebby. They're not a bad
0: team. They're not a bad team at all. They're just having inconsistencies, Uh, you know, closing out games. And I've never seen in this – dynastical, that in, in this dynasty that we know about Raven-Baltimore defense. I've never seen a defense this bad, Mike. I, I haven't. And they've got names on there.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, You know, Peters, you've got, you got Peters out there. You've got P.J. Williams that they got from the New Orleans Saints. You know what I'm saying? They still got Marlon Humphreys. The addition of Roquan Swift has made life for them, Mike. I mean, this guy is special. I mean, this guy is special. Roquan Smith is unbelievable. Bro. That was a steal. I mean, that that was a steal. And to find out what they gave up for him was even absurd. But, you know, they've got names on that defense. Calais Campbell. You've yeah, got guys like here, JPP. Paul it it ain't the yep. same JPP, but he's still disruptive. But, yeah, something is off about this this uh, Ravens defense. David Ajobo's yet to come back. But, I mean, it hasn't been what we've seen. And if they could just close out. This Ravens defense might might be the issue of why they don't get to the Super Bowl and make a deep run, but uh, it, it's 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 crazy to see that the Ravens were in these ball games and they just can't close it. Uh, it's going to be interesting uh, to see what they move on forward from there.
1: Um, any last thoughts as we round down the NFL? Yeah, yeah, man. It's funny we were just talking about the Ravens. You, I, I read a report that was that was saying that. Offensive coordinator Greg Roman might, might potentially be looking to go to the collegiate level because he was, um, he was being interviewed and talked about with the, for the Stanford job. Yeah. So uh, so that's interesting to me moving forward based on what they want to do offensively with the Baltimore Ravens and what they could potentially be doing with Lamar Jackson after this season. All things, that's, that's something that's very interesting and will be talked about a lot uh, coming, coming, into, uh, this, um, coming into this upcoming offseason as far as what the Baltimore Ravens are going to do. Um, but, yeah, NFL-wise, man, I'm just looking forward to some of these top games. I do believe, uh, as far as underrated games are concerned, the Colts versus the Cowboys on Sunday night could be an interesting ball club. Absolutely. If the Colts' defense shows shows up and shows uh, what they can do. The Commanders versus the Giants. Uh, on, uh, I That's, a big one, one like, the a, That's a big one, Mike, in the division, too. huge game. First yeah. time both teams went against each other this season. There will be another matchup in a couple more weeks back in, uh, in uh, Landover. So uh this would be a very interesting win uh for for either, for either side and very interesting game to see how it plays out because both teams need it. At this yeah. point in the in the game both teams needed to to see who was going to vie for that potential last playoff spot uh in the division. Yeah, no doubt about that. Quickly here on the NFL before we go to college football um Ooh. as well
0: uh your boy Odell Beckham Jr. that's the unknown that we still don't know where he's going. The Dallas Cowboys have put in their sweepstakes. You've got the Buffalo Bills. Von Miller wants him to pair him up with Stephon Diggs. You also got, all of a sudden, you want the Green Bay Packers are looking for a guy. Maybe they can make a late postseason run if they had Odell Beckham Jr. There's noises that the New York Giants are set to meet with him on Friday. I know that puts a smile on Michael Gray's voice. What is it going to take to lure Odell in any of these teams, Mike?
1: Uh, the the cohesion a solid quarterback the cohesion of a team and uh, chemistry within the organization That those are the three keys to me that Odell Beckham Jr. is looking for his standard has continued to rise based on the teams that he's continued to go to from the New York Giants to the Cleveland Browns and then to the LA Rams last season coming from the LA Rams the, 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 that's a pretty structured organization over there and they showed a lot of discipline last year and he saw a lot with the, of what it takes to Build up and build up a championship team, and, and how that entails as far as the quarterback wide receiver combination, and and the, the the love received and stuff like that. So I do believe it's going to take one of those type of situations where he sees the potential from a quarterback. Uh, he sees the potential with the cohesion with his team, and uh, and things of that nature. I, I think that that matters a lot. And although uh, of through of those three teams, I do believe he's going to choose the quarterback that makes the most sense uh, with his within his game, and the offense, the offensive system. That caters towards him. Yeah, I got
0: you. I got you. No doubt about that. Let's switch years to the NFL, uh, uh the college football, bars, excuse me. Um, big, 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 big shakeup that happened. You had number three uh, Ohio uh, Michigan against number two Ohio State at the horseshoe in Columbus. They go out there, Mike, and they dominate them. I did not see that coming. Like, I, I thought that Michigan could be in the game and they could potentially win, you know, in a tight one. Maybe a late-game field goal. Nobody saw three-touchdown margin. Nobody's seen that coming. Mike, they dominated them like they did last year, and the recipe was what they did last year. In the trenches, offensive line dominating, defensive line dominating. They ran for over 290 yards on the ground without their Heisman running back. And Blake Corum, that was special, what Michigan did. They caught my eye, Mike. They went from three to two um and and now they're second in the college football playoff rankings right now they wrapped up the big 10 regular season they got a a a date this saturday to win the big 10 outright to stamp their ticket in the college football playoff i love what i've seen when john harbaugh teams you know they want to run the football what we know about john harbaugh since the nfl colin kaepernick they would like to run the football great play great defense have a great offensive line He's brought that same identity back to Michigan and his alma mater. I like what I'm seeing from Michigan in particular. And then, of course, TCU coming out of nowhere. Haven't had any love. USC all of a sudden getting in that top four. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what what are we seeing so far? Is, is Ohio State still in this? They got a bad loss. I think the committee, uh, three touchdown loss at home against a quality opponent, that's kind of tough to rebound from. What are we seeing right now in this college football playoffs, Mike?
1: Uh, what you say what you saying is, uh, <laughs> and you saw an interesting, interesting game over there in, in uh, Columbus on uh, Saturday. That's what you saw. What you saw was, um, and, and it's so funny, man. People, is, people, is, we, I was so surprised that Michigan. I, I wasn't surprised that Michigan won because, to me, Ohio State has been formidable all year long. They've been dominant against the teams that they were supposed to be dominant against. However, when you went against top level competition, to me, it was almost every situation. That they were in, they could have been had the Penn State game. They could have, they could have been had. Um, you know, certain games, even the Northwestern game that they that they won, that was a defensive battle throughout. To me, that that was a game that told me a lot about them where they are. And um, so, so to me, the Ohio State team was always formidable. And Michigan, uh, the, to me, they won this game uh, from from a coaching standpoint as well. Like you said, we know how potent their running game is with Blake Corum and uh, Donovan Edwards. However, to me, what they did is they didn't come out and they didn't come out and, and initiate the run from the jump. They came out and initiated that pass game and went against exactly what Ohio State thought that they would do, and they aired it out early. J.J. McCarthy was go- was going downfield, big plays, found his guys, uh, Bell and guys like that down the field, and made big plays through the passing attack. And once they were able to garner a lead. And once they were able to um, continue within the game, that's when they utilized that running attack and it broke off in the second half. It was a beautiful um, game plan to me by, uh, by Harbaugh and the coaching staff at Michigan, and they outsmarted um, Ohio State in that regard. And I don't think they were prepared for the air attack that they got from Michigan and, uh, in the first half.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that for sure. They they came out red hot, and I was I was surprised what I saw in, Michi- in, in, in Michigan. That was a huge huge win. USC, you know, they got to win the Pac-12. They got the Pac-12 championship yeah. on Friday night. Um, you've got TCU. They've got the Big 12 championship. They got no margin of error for these teams. Nice. Right? No margin of error for these teams if they want to stamp their ticket. If all of them win as conference champions. I think the top four – those top four seeds have stamped their ticket. I think, you know, I think they got Alabama at six right now. I think they're out. No, they're I out. think Ohio State is, is outside looking in, too, and they're the odd
1: man out, too. Ohio State still has a shot. Like you said, if everything stands in place and everybody wins, then this top four will stand. However, mm-hmm. Ohio State is still in play because there's still a margin for error to, uh, to lose for Michigan against Purdue – or teams like that like uh, to me there is a situation where coming off a big time emotional win like this they had on the road against uh, your rival there is all there is an opportunity for a letdown the following week to me this is going to be a very good tale example of how sh- how mentally sharp and how disciplined this Michigan team is going against Purdue after defeating Ohio State the way you did on the road all right, so to me there is a margin there is a margin for error and if, and if the, if they do end up losing it, it leaves the door open for Ohio state however if they if they stay intact and continue to win the games I, to me it's it, it, everything is already set in stone tcu has no margin for error as well they have a big game against kansas state uh coming up so the it's it's going to be fun to watch but um i do believe everything stays intact as long as everybody wins
0: yes all right yeah no <laughs> doubt no doubt about that for sure it's going to be fun to watch on these college football playoffs there for sure. Mike, this is your closing argument. Take it away.
1: Man. My closing arguments for today is talking about the landscape of this entire um Daniel Snyder situation. Mm. You know, it's been going under the radar, but it's been talked about, but it's been going under the radar, but it's been talked about. You know, you know the deal, sebby Mm-hmm. Um, if, for those that may not have known there was a press conference about a week and a half or two ago that was uh, petitioned from a lot of um, owners in the league right now that aren't keen on Daniel Snyder being an owner for the Washington Commanders they mm-hmm. feel like he's done a lot of work in bad faith they feel like there's been a lot of things behind the scenes that have been covered up that, uh, mm-hmm. that have not been righteous within the organization on his part and it's about time for him to move on with the organization on their part well, although I agree with what they with with you know, if, if everything was done, if if there were certain things within the organization that Daniel Snyder was doing, and it wasn't, you know, it was making people uncomfortable, I do believe that there's a situation where he needs to be out of there. However, I do think that, and, and, and Sebi, I'm sure you can attest to this as well. When when you have a situation where owners come out like this you leave room for skeletons in your closet to be opened out as well right and to me that's one of the biggest points in this is how far are they really going to go with this Daniel Snyder thing because I I have a hard time believing that everything we're hearing about Daniel Snyder he's the only owner in the NFL that 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 behind the scenes you know we we've heard some corrupt stuff about I have a hard time believing he's the only owner so the question is, how hard are they really going to push with this? Because if Daniel Snyder, if the skeletons in Daniel Snyder's closet are going to be un, 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 uh, uh, unveiled, then that leaves open for other NFL owners, and we could have a situation on our hands moving forward.
0: Right. Yeah. Moving forward, definitely. Uh, do you think, Mike, that he should get step
1: down and and give
0: away his position of power? Well, I felt like
1: do, that for a long time before I heard the sanctions. Before I yeah. heard about anything, I felt like that for a long time. Just on how he was running the organization, you know what I'm saying? C- constant, uh, constant, um, average coach after average coach, average, uh, you know, the, the, uh, allowing the GMs to make whatever decisions they want. Lack of improvement within the organization, uh, consistently, you know, wasting talent that that's, that that has come through the organization. So from that standpoint, I've always looked at it and said. Daniel Snyder to sell the team and, and we should figure this out but you know when you hear situations um within the organization that were making uh employees uncomfortable that that pit that, that, stories that people have heard uh behind the scenes that have been covered up over the scene over the years um i just find it funny uh the, the the timing of everything because if this was righteous this was something that could have been brought up uh in the mainstream a long time ago but the timing of everything is always a uh, I mean, this is someone that they've, they've, they, they've they had a hard time with and trying to change the Redskins name for all these years. This is someone who he's, he's had a hard time being able to to, to move uh, around these guys. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. And um, I, I, I felt that, you know, just for basic uh, football organizational reasons on the field that he's to sell the team because he's doing a terrible organization. You have legitimate people. Uh, in in the dmv area who have been lifelong um commanders fans even back to the redskin days back when they were in dc at rfk stadium when jack king cook was the owner things of that nature you have people who literally want want almost nothing to do with the the commanders and the washington organization because of daniel snyder still being at the helm so the fans are talking You you know the 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 fans are definitely talking so it's it's one of those type situations right now and um We'll see, what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens moving forward.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about that for sure. It's going to be very interesting. That wraps up our segment for this week. Lots of stuff to watch. Um, the World Cup is going on. We haven't even t- t- had a chance to talk about that. Just a <laughs> lot of things is going to be fun to watch, Mike. And um, on behalf of myself and Michael, we want to say so long from you guys until next week. Lots of swing of things. we got some great guests coming up. We have a lot of poll questions. Lots of reels. uh, Athlete interviews coming up before the Mm -hmm. end of the year. We're we're, we're (laughs) starting to end it off this year to kick off 2023 with a bang. Absolutely. Hey everyone, we're excited just as much as you guys tonight. If you enjoyed this show, and frankly, even some of our other episodes as well, if you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected sebypodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online. The Sebby Podcast is wherever you go.